Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 52, marking the one-year anniversary of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. And I am Shelley Rael, registered dietitian nutritionist, here to share with you real-world nutrition information on how we can eat, live, and be well living in the real world. Today, I am going to address one of the more common things that comes up in my field, in my profession as a dietitian. Why do, recomm- why do nutrition recommendations keep changing? Why do dietitians keep changing their recommendations? Why can't dietitians make up their mind? I hear this all the time. It's like, oh, one day something's good, the next day it's bad, then it's good again. And this isn't on a whim, I promise you. People are allowed to change their minds. And as dietitians, as humans, we can change our mind, but it isn't just because we want to mess with people. I promise you that. The field of nutrition is a science but some, for some reason, the field of nutrition is supposed to have the answers and never be allowed to deviate from the original recommendations. Or have we need to have the supposed solutions from the get-go. Say it, but don't change your mind. Of course, this isn't how it works, as I said. Nutrition is a science. It is part of STEM programs. So science, technology, engineering, math, it is a science. It has biology and chemistry and anatomy and physiology and biochemistry components. So like many of the science fields, there's still a lot to learn. There's still a lot to understand. And let me tell you what. Humans are one of the more challenging subjects to research. Think about it. If we asked you to do something for a week, for a month, for a year, when it comes to nutrition, it is very, very challenging to learn about how diet and overall eating affects long-term health. Now, with this science that I bring up, I often bring up the fact that people used to believe that the earth was the center of the universe, which may sound funny now, but of course, we did learn that the earth wasn't the center of the universe because it was the sun that was the center of the universe, which of course we now know is not true that the earth is not the center of the universe, the sun is not the center of the universe, and really, we on earth and the earth and our solar system are just a speck of dust in the vast universe that's out there. But do we say, oh my gosh, you keep changing your mind about where's the center of the universe? Well, first, I don't even know if we know where the center of the universe is, But wasn't that we were changing our mind 
It wasn't that astronomers changed their mind. What changed exactly? It wasn't the position of the Earth in relation to the Sun or the universe. It wasn't the change in the position of the Sun in the universe. What changed? Humans' understanding of the position of the Earth and the Sun based on science and increased knowledge and experience. Now, I keep wanting to know why they changed their mind about Pluto. I don't even know where Pluto stands right now. I grew up knowing that there was, I knew, I absolutely knew and was tested on this and even did a science project on this with nine planets around the sun. But it turns out Pluto's not a planet. So, oh, I don't know. Astronomers, make up your mind. But of course, we're still learning. They're still learning and relay the information to the public. Automobiles have changed a lot since their first iteration in the late 1800s. They've changed significantly in the last 50 years. Obviously, not in just look or what fuels them, but in safety features with seat belts and airbags, comfort with radios and air conditioners. And I know some of you may have no idea what I'm talking about, but They didn't always come with the full FM radio, let alone satellite radio, or the ability to connect our phones to the cars. And we've moved in cars, we've moved from having ashtrays as a standard to having cup holders as a standard. So why do they keep changing their mind about cars? Improvement, consumer demands, emissions, safety, things change. In the field of medicine, changes happen all the time as well. Thank goodness for that, in my opinion. Rather than having two major scars down the front of my body, I have tiny, barely visible incision marks in which a camera was put into my body and I had a couple surgeries laparoscopically. I know many people who are cancer survivors, and many of them never had chemo or radiation because of advances in screening and testing for various forms of cancer. Medicine is changing all the time. And thank goodness some things are left in the past. There are better treatments, or we now have treatments for various health issues, such as the use of insulin to treat type 1 diabetes. That's just over 100 years old. So why is the science of nutrition not allowed to improve and change recommendations? I know it is frustrating. I get it. There's lots of things that people think are not good for them. Really holding on to decades-old, outdated information. For example, coffee is not something that needs to be demonized. Eggs are not something that people need to avoid. 
And yes, eggs do have cholesterol. Lots of foods have cholesterol. Those are called animal foods. But you know what? We now know that dietary cholesterol, the cholesterol found in food, is not the most significant contributor to high cholesterol in humans and not the most significant contributor to heart disease in humans. And we've understood this for quite a while now. So you don't need to worry about eggs. And I did previous podcasts about this. So I will link that in the show notes, but it's okay to eat eggs. It's okay to have foods like shrimp that contain a high amount of dietary cholesterol because shrimp is very, very low in fat. And we just need to acknowledge, I as a dietitian, acknowledge it can be frustrating, but acknowledge as a consumer, recommendations change based on understanding of the science and how it affects our health. Recommendations from the 1980s or before and even recommendations from the 90s and the early 2000s may be outdated. And it's okay to let that go and recognize that changes happen. I used to recommend several dietary supplements to individuals. I no longer do that as the research showed that the food sources of those various nutrients are much better, have much more benefit than the supplements. And in some cases, the supplements caused more harm and didn't have any benefit. So I rarely recommend a dietary supplement today, even though I did 20 years ago, because the research came out that told us this is not only not a necessary thing, in some populations, it may be harmful. So you want somebody who keeps up with the research, keeps up with the recommendation, and will relay that information to you. But I ask you to withhold judgment and not get as frustrated by these changes because it is part of research. And I often will say this, what has really changed when you look at it? From the time you were a kid to today and the nutrition guidelines or recommendations, how much has really changed? Because my entire career, we recommend plenty of fruits and vegetables. I don't think that will ever change. We still recommend whole grains over refined grains and highly processed grains. I don't think that will ever change. Added sugars, added sugars, not necessarily the naturally occurring sugars that we find in fruit and in dairy products. The added sugars need to come down significantly. And that's probably not going to change. I don't think it will. And I really have to ask somebody, do, do, do you think anyone 
thinks regular soda is just fine? It is okay to have on occasion, but it is certainly not something that I will ever recommend somebody to start consuming or to increase. And yes, recommendations for fat have changed. Dietary fat, because we now know that there are different types of fats. 30, 40 years ago, this wasn't fully understood, that some are better for us than others. Again, it's not that 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 changed. There was always different types of fats. It was always that some are better for us than others. It was our understanding as scientists and researchers and humans and the impact of those different types of fats. That's what changed. Our understanding changed. So before blaming the dietitians for changing their minds, allow that science evolves and our understanding of how human nutrition works is what changes. And as I said earlier, don't even get me started on how difficult it is to study humans and their eating habits in the wild. If I make a recommendation that you have five servings of fruits and vegetables a day, go off and do your thing and come back and tell me, did you get your five servings of fruits and vegetables every day? Many people, even if they didn't, will still say they did. And I'm not going to lock somebody up in a room for a month and make them eat five servings of fruits and vegetables in a day. We won't even talk about the ethics, let alone, I don't even want to babysit somebody for that long. But the point is, humans are challenging to study. And we see correlations in things, not it's not always cause and effect. So that's real world nutrition. We eat what we want. We like to follow recommendations and we like to give recommendations as dietitians. But we have to say, now and then we may need to change our mind because that's how it runs in the real world. And with a one year anniversary of this podcast, Real World Nutrition, I may come back in a year, six months, five years and say, hey, that recommendation I made way back in 2021, well, it's not quite right anymore. And that's okay. You all have a great week. And I look forward to hearing from you. you. There's a link in the show notes for sending comments on questions, ideas, or topics you'd love to hear from me in future episodes of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. You take care. Bye for now.